0: Imagine achieving everything you devoted your life working towards, only to find yourself having to retire at age 33. This is my life now, and while I'm not sure what's next for me, I know I am excited to take you guys along with me on this adventure as we share in this journey together. In this podcast, I want to support your journey towards the future you dream of as you create it with unwavering determination. Life's infinite possibilities begin with just being yourself. Stay true to what you value most. Silence the critics with your self-expression and expect to win. Welcome to Just Be Yourself with Julia Mancuso. These special chapter episodes finally give me a chance to tell my story as it happened from my earliest childhood memories to the peak of my competitive skiing career to present day. Previously in chapter one. I was in kindergarten and looking out the window and seeing a ton of police cars. I remember the toaster popping the toast and my dad going to butter our bread and he grabs a butter knife and all of a sudden there were guns and handcuffs everywhere. He was arrested on charges of running a multimillion dollar marijuana smuggling operation for more than a decade. What started out as some confusion and reassurance from my parents that they were going to work it out and my dad would be home in no time ended in several years of imprisonment for my father. Chapter two The New Abnormal Life After My Father's Arrest. So, shortly after my dad was arrested, My mom gave birth to my younger sister, Sarah. With a new baby, I suppose trying to pretend things were normal, but at the same time, there was a lot going on. The house we lived in was enormous, especially for a small child. It was three stories. We all had our own rooms. We were just this happy family. And now all of a sudden, even though there was a new member of the family, there was this void in the house and everything was a bit chaotic. I felt like we never settled back in. But at the same time, I remember just savoring all those moments. We all had our own room. My room had a little secret hideaway playroom that I loved to just spend time in and build forts. My sister, I remember, had just a giant popple collection. She had shelves in one part of her room all over the wall, and she probably had 60 or 70 of these stuffed animals. And the moments of normalcy were there because we would play with our toys. I would fight with my sister. (laughs) Baby was crying. Uh, My mom was just keeping us busy. We played so many sports. I just remember loving to be active. I don't actually remember playing too much with toys because we were just so busy. We would drive to Reno to go to gymnastics. I would go to Mighty Mites at Squaw and just stay busy all the time. That's what my mom did. She kept us busy. As a kid, it was hard to imagine what my mom was going through because She was just trying to keep all the pieces of our lives together. And then, of course, add a new baby. I'm sure that kept her so busy. So I do remember having a lot of help, a lot of family, grandparents, aunts, uncles, just tons of family support. We're from a really big family. So there was definitely someone around to always help my mom. But it was probably really crazy for her. She had no idea what was going to happen in the future, and she just had a new baby and two other girls, so she's a mom of three. Luckily, my older sister, she was like a mini mom as well. She pretty much raised all of us. She was like the helping hand that my mom needed, and I can only imagine now being a parent and having such unstability and having a newborn like it must have just been a crazy time for her. I know I was always a really strong-willed child, but I don't know exactly when my behavior started to shift towards more problematic and noticeable. Tantrum, just defiant type behavior for a kid. I remember throwing tantrums for no reason at all. I would just scream and not want to do things and just be totally. Uncommunicable, screaming, and defiant. One time when I think it was probably going out to dinner and we were walking across the street and I didn't want to go anymore. And I just stopped there and just threw a fit. I would not only throw a fit with my voice, but with my body too. I would kick and scream as if no one else was around or that I cared that anyone even noticed what I was doing. So there was definitely a time in my life where things started to switch into this dark place. I had a lot of happy moments too and things would be great, but it could just switch just like that and I would throw a tantrum. Looking back as a child, I know I really just didn't understand what was going on and, and the tantrums were my way of asking for help. Children, that's the only way they know how to express themselves. And I'm sure that it had something to do with not knowing, just this void of having so much going on in my life, missing my father, not understanding if he was a bad person because he did something wrong, or maybe I was blaming myself. It's just all very confusing as a child. there's this one time I remember in first grade, I had convinced a friend of mine that it would be funny to flood the girls' bathroom. I don't even know where I thought of this or how I thought of it. Looking back that afternoon, my mom was supposed to come to the school. She was a great mother and she kept busy by volunteering with whatever project she could. So she was our art docent and she was coming to the school that afternoon. So... Clearly it was linked to that fact as well, that I wanted to do something that stood out, possibly. And we took toilet paper and paper towels and wadded them up and put them in the sink and then left the sink on thinking no one was gonna see us and everyone was out at recess. So the sink would stay on for a while and flood the bathroom with a little water. Sure enough, I don't think it flooded that much, but there was water on the floor and we got back to the room after recess and I was sort of taken aside like we saw you guys in the hallway. Are you sure it wasn't you? You know, <laughs> I feel like as a kid too. once you're caught you're just heart sinks and you turn red. So I'm sure that I lied about it, too. Like what? That wasn't us. And my face was completely red and probably gave it away. And then. My mom came that afternoon and the teacher talked to me and my mom and I was reprimanded. I remember that my mom was mad, but she also knew there was so much going on and her heart was just broken knowing what was going on at home and how it appeared to be affecting me. And I really wasn't disciplined much. Couple weeks after my father was arrested, It was time to go visit him for the first time. I remember being a kid, not being super stoked about it, but also still being slightly confused with a dash of curiosity. my mom said we were going to visit, I just remember being nervous. He was at a state prison outside of Reno. And so I remember the drive. I remember driving to Reno because we used to go there all the time to go to gymnastics and we passed the city and went a little further. And all of a sudden in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the desert, was this giant compound like castle with fencing and giant barbed wire circles. This was a high security state prison and I remember going into the visiting room and seeing my dad behind the glass and having to get on the phone to talk to him. (laughs) and. I don't even remember what we said or how it went. And it was very brief and short. I think that I probably blocked a lot of the beginning out of the memory. And I also just remember it being like, I don't wanna be here, this is stupid. Like, why am I talking to my dad on a phone? I don't care that I can see him, like, let's just go. So one of the ways we would stay connected, especially because visit wasn't our favorite thing, is my dad would just write us letters. He would write us a letter every week and we'd get a letter in the mail and my dad would talk about how much he missed us and how much he loved us. And that was probably the way that he was able to cope with and have the time pass. I can only imagine how long those days were for him. Meanwhile, I was back in school and trying to live whatever resembled a normal life. And it was tough, you know, kids would talk, kids would point as losing friends or they weren't allowed to come over to my house. I would ask for playdates and the same people that would come to my birthday parties would make up an excuse like their parents weren't allowing them to come over. And it was really hard on me. I remember the second time we got to go visit my dad was after they moved him into a federal prison, which allowed family visits on the weekend. So we finally got to go visit him and give him a hug and hang out. (laughs) I think that was the beginning of me really, really not liking to go visit him because we would just sit in these rooms all day and eat food out of a vending machine. That was pretty much all you could eat when you were inside there. But at the same time, as a kid, that's also really exciting, which is why it's one of my biggest memories is figuring out what we're going to go cook in the microwave for lunch, whether it was popcorn or cup of noodles. <laughs> Looking back is the strangest thing to remember as a kid. So, looking back on the timeline, I guess that was the first time our whole family was together and that my dad was able to hold my younger sister, Sarah. Now, I don't recall all of the details, but as part of a plea deal on my dad's case, he gave up the house in return to become a state witness and elongate his trial of course that meant for us that we would have to move out of our home and we ended up moving into a really small condo at the bottom of the ski mountain at first it was exciting we were going to be even closer to the ski area and Then it was kind of tough to get rid of all my stuff. I definitely had to get rid of my Barbie collections. My sister had to get rid of her popples. And there were moments when the condo just felt so small and we were all on top of each other. I already knew I was annoying my sister, but then add a new baby. So we had times where we just all hit our tipping point. And my mom, she sat us down and said, girls, this is just temporary. We're going to figure it out. And we just need to figure out when your father's trial is and where it's going to be. And just remember, keep your head up. This is only temporary. But the truth is my mom had no idea if it was going to be temporary or not. Stay tuned for the next chapter episode of Just Be Yourself with me, Julia Mancuso. Just Be Yourself is produced by Social Frequency Media.